This week on All for Business Podcast, we have a special series we're doing. Uh, We are hosting the Hall of Fame this week, Friday, and we are inducting five new members into the Business Hall of Fame. Uh, They're individuals who've had a special career in business locally. Um, They're leaders in their industry, and they really have a lot of wisdom to share. Um, So this week, we're going to be talking to them, and our very first one is Roger Faber. Yeah, our first guest is Roger Faber. He's a graduate of E.C. Glass High School and attended Washington Lee University and Columbia University, as well as the Estonia Graduate School of Banking at Rutgers University, and is a member of the American Institute of Banking. Roger served at Central Fidelity Bank for 30 years, 15 of which was as president of the Western Region until he retired in 1996. He has served on many local boards, including the United Way of Central Virginia, Sweetbriar College, Central Virginia Community College Foundation, Central Health, and the Al Strubons Foundation, just to name a few. He's also served on the Governor's Advisory Committee for the Regional Competitiveness Act and received the Excellence in Governance Award from the Virginia Hospital and Healthcare Association. Mr. Faber is also a recipient of the Alliance's F.M. Dink Cloyd Award, as well as the 2001 recipient of the George Taylor Stewart Award for service to the community. Roger's clearly been a key member of our community. Lynchburg would not be what it is without Roger Faber, and we're going to learn from him the secrets to his success. Well, today we have Roger Falber, and he's the first in our series on the Hall of Fame inductees. So, you know, Roger, hello and welcome to the podcast, and congratulations on being inducted into the Business Hall of Fame here in Lynchburg. We've known each other for over 20 years. You were the chair of the Central Board when I was recruited by George Dawson and Centra. There's people like you that convinced me to come to Lynchburg. I want to thank you for that. Well, you're certainly welcome. We're glad to have you. <laughs> um, you know, first, you know, this, this is about you today. And I want you to tell us, tell me how you got into the business, the banking business, for what you're being inducted in the Hall of Fame for. How did it start? Well, I got out of uh, graduate school and at the time uh, just knew I wanted to go into business of some type. And my first job was with the C&P Telephone Company of Virginia uh, here in Lynchburg. And uh, after a couple of years, their management style was to not only move you within the company, but to move you geographically. Yeah. And we just, as my family, we were not willing to uh, to do that. But just were p- picking the family up every year or two and moving them to some other spot was not in our game plan. And so I started, uh, I had interviewed the bank when I got out of graduate school. And so I came back to the bank, gave us an opportunity to come back to Lynchburg, uh, had an opportunity to get into business and in the banking business. And so it worked. That's how we got there. And the name of the bank at the time was? The Fidelity National Bank. Of which it's changed names multiple times since. It's changed its name many, many times, and it continues to change. (laughs) What did you do? What was your first job in the banking business? What what did you do? My first job uh, was really, uh, I I went in on a management training program, Mm -hmm. which was to move me around, and we did it with all of the trainees, move them from department to department. And my first uh, uh, real job was in the branch, and I was sent to a branch uh, for, for branch training. 
I got there and it was there for about a two week or three weeks and the then branch manager had to they moved him to another branch and they said, Well Roger, you're out there, just go on and manage it. <laughs> And so I took over the the management of the Langan Road branch uh-huh. after about uh, six months of training downtown and about three weeks of training at the branch. Yeah. So that was my first uh, experience and first job uh, at at the bank. Was the branch at the, what location on Langan? Was it the it's same the same location? Same, place. same yeah. location yeah. Uh, as it was right next to the hospital. And what happened next? How did you grow within the company? And- well, I um, from the uh, from the branch. I was at that branch for uh, maybe two to three year, two years, I think, and then I moved downtown to work uh, to start our credit card operation, which was a real mm-hmm. uh, interesting endeavor, to to say the least. Um, that was the time that bank credit cards were just beginning to to hit the scene, and uh, I. Uh, they asked me if I would be responsible for uh, uh, deciding which card and when and how. And so I spent, I don't know, probably the first five or six months researching uh, which cards were available. And I, an interesting story was that uh, the then uh, president of the bank, uh, I knew he, he had preference for uh, for, for a different card than the one that I was getting ready to select. Yeah. And so I was a little concerned about making a recommendation against the president, but I did, and we ended up going with my recommendation. So, But anyway, I, that was the net, my next job. And then I moved into uh, uh, a division where I was responsible for personnel, marketing, and several other areas like mm-hmm. that. And then subsequently to executive vice president, with similar kinds of responsibilities, and then in 1980-something, I was made president. Who was president before you that you took over? Lewis Good. Lewis Good. Lewis Good was the president at that time. And tell me how the bank grew during those years. When you when you became president, did we have the big building downtown or not? Uh, yes. That, yes. Was, that yes. was built before yes. you became president. Yes, that was built before I became president, and uh, we'd been in that building for— uh, as a matter of fact, uh, my credit card. When we started the credit card, we were it was we rented a little space in the building across the street, across uh, across Ninth uh, Street, and then moved into the to the now current uh, tall building. Right. Now, during your tenure, how many years were you president? Uh, you about 15, 15. About 15 years. What did you do in those 15 years? That um, Tell me how you grew and how the bank changed, and what was the status of it when you retired? Well, you know, I guess um, one of the major changes that I saw um, during that period was the emphasis on sales, which banks had never really, you know, banks prior to that and historically had been, you know, come on in. If you need a loan, come in and see us, right. and we'll take care of it. Right. And the whole sales game uh, started uh, or came to fruition and became a major part of, of the banking industry. Mm-hmm. And I think that's probably one of the, one of the most significant things that we face, were faced with. The other thing was um, 
something called credit scoring, uh, which um, sort of took the decision making out of the uh, hands of a lending officer. Yeah. And Game that real maybe, numbers, not intuition anymore, right? Exactly right. Yeah, or you relationships. Know, the, yeah. the, the character and those kinds of things sort of took a little bit of a back seat. Yeah. Um, and they became, uh, the other thing was one of centralization where uh, certain loan decisions were being made by central groups as opposed to being made by individuals out in the field. Mm-hmm. And those kinds of things were, needless to say, a little bit frustrating to all of us who had been around the bank for a long time. Right. But, you know, you learn to deal with it and... Uh, but those are the kinds of things that we dealt with. Kind of makes me think of Moneyball, the movie with baseball, how they went with statistics and not what the scouts would say about a player. Exactly you know, so it went right. went in that direction. That's right. What about the growth of the bank, though? Did you, uh, did you move into surrounding markets? Was this before you became president or after when you – No, like the, South Side a, 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 a market was pretty much established when, when, uh, when I became president. Uh, we didn't really. We grew within. We had great growth within the market, mm-hmm. but we did not. Uh, we did not uh, move into other areas. In my area of responsibility, the the organization did. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, like we moved into the Roanoke area uh, at one time, and in, uh, and had had a, an, uh, 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 in Charlottesville, we had a pretty good president mm-hmm. uh, president, but. Uh, you were in yeah. Clarksville and South Boston too, Craig. All the all those south side offices, all through south side, yeah. Right. Well, um, along mm. the way, what would you say is is it was how you were able to move up the ladder? What was the key to your success? What was your you know differential advantage that made you the guy that moved up? Do you have any insight into that? Mm-hmm. What 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 worked for you? What 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 advice can you give others that kind of want to move up in companies? Well, you know, I guess it's uh, sort of leadership in a sense, um, and I think that is just to me. It's um, first of all having a uh, certainly a knowledge of the endeavor, whatever the mm-hmm. endeavor is, uh, mm-hmm. having a knowledge of it, and then secondly, I think for me. Uh, it was surrounding myself with really good people. Yeah. And then allowing those people to do what they were best at doing and give them the authority and the responsibility to do it yeah. and let them go. Yeah. And then the other aspect of that, I think, is one of, of setting goals with those people uh, helping them achieve those goals, recognizing them when they achieve, and those that don't, you know, working working with them mm-hmm. to try to get them to where they do achieve. Right. So you're, you're when people are not achieving, your 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 thought is, what can I do to help them be better, rather than we need to get rid of them. Exactly. I mean, I think getting rid of them is the last resort. Um, yeah. And there are people that just that can't perform in certain jobs. Right. Hopefully you can get them in one that they can perform. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, if they can't, then you've got to do that. Yeah. But you know what? We didn't have a lot of people that, that left us. One of the striking things about our organization was we had people that, that had 20 and 30 and 40 years of service. Yeah. They stuck with us. And that's another change in the, 
in the in the banking industry that uh, I, I think came along really towards the end of my career mm-hmm. uh, was people would come to where individual might come to work at a bank and would leave to, to, to go somewhere else because of more money or whatever right. whatever their reasons were mm-hmm. in the old days people they, they came to work with us and, and we all worked together yeah. and we stayed together I'm, I, I feel like you do. My management philosophy is always if somebody's failing, what am I doing to, to help to making them fail? It's, I look at myself as failing. And then where can we find the right spot for them to help them be successful? Exactly. It, it, it creates loyalty, and I think, in relationships. And I think that's critical to the success of an organization. Yeah, you know, um, what I think what it does is it, and it's maybe it seemed trite, but I think I think the more of that kind of thing that can occur in an organization – the more family feel that you've got. Right. You know, you've got people who care about the other person that they're working with. Yeah. And you've got, it, it becomes sort of a family situation. And the larger organizations get, the harder that is to, yeah. to happen. Yeah, yeah. I always felt Lynchburg was a sized place to where it was easy to have those relationships in, in a pretty reasonably sized organization. I think so, too. Sort of no, no compared question. to Charlotte, for example, or Richmond, or... Places like that. Well, and that's where you've got the larger organization. Yeah, yeah. When when did you um, were you there when you the, it was Central Fidelity that merged with when Wachovia bought? Is that right? Was that give me with, history with, with Wachovia? Well, the merger with Wachovia occurred after I retired. Okay. So uh, I was fortunate enough uh, not to have to go through that. <laughs> yeah. Because mergers of that size are off the gut wrenching. Yeah, oh, yeah. Needless to say, uh, and that organization had some issues mm-hmm. and uh, some serious issues. Yeah. Uh, and then Wells Fargo came along and sort of bailed bailed them out. Mm-hmm. And Wells Fargo is a very very well run company, and it's done extremely well. But again, you're now talking about a great big organization that's not only nationwide, and I think they probably have offices in foreign countries. So it's a it's a it's a huge organization. You still bank with Wells Fargo? I sure do. I do too. <laughs> I, I grew up with Central Fidelity, and uh, you know, and uh, Wachovia. So I've stuck with them the whole time. Well, I've stuck with them uh, because of obviously loyalty, but they also send my pension check. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good reason. Um, you know, along the way, did you have a, a particular mentor that made a difference? When I was interviewing Blair Godsey, he was he shared with us uh, a man that he worked with that helped him understand risk, how to take risk, and it set him to what he does today and what he's done in building rebuilding downtown. Did you have a mentor, someone that made a particular difference for you that uh, you can? Thank God. No, you know, I don't think there was one individual. Um, I, I did look at, uh, back when I first went to work at the bank, the then chairman of the bank and the president of the bank were two people of totally different personalities. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, uh, Lyons Davidson, who was one, probably one of the finest bankers, technically, that there was. Uh, and... And I saw in him the need for that business approach, that technical side of the business. The knowledge side. The knowledge side yeah. of, of, of banking. Mm-hmm. And Mr. Lyons Richards, who was the chairman at the time, was more of the people person. 
And they made one unbelievable team. They were just a fantastic team. And I guess just seeing those two guys maybe influenced me in some mm-hmm. way of, of recognizing how they, how, they, how they worked and how they participated as a team. Yeah. That, that's, that's really insightful, very, very interesting, because uh, nobody can do it all on their own. That's you, exactly you, you right. You a good partner, whether it's your spouse or at work. I mean, the, the partnership really makes a difference. Well, it's like it's like um, when you talk about leadership, you've got to have you've got to have a lot of good people around you, mm-hmm. and you got to give them the responsibility. There's, you know, one person can't run an organization of that size. Right. And I dare say, you know, I've never been in a <clears throat> excuse me in a smaller business, but I dare say that somebody that's running a a smaller business does this very same thing. Yeah. That he's got people that surrounding him that. Make 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 up the team, right? Now you um, when after you you retired before I came here, and like two or three years you'd been retired when I came. I came in ninety nine. I think you retired ninety six. Ninety six. That right? That's right. Um, you've been so active civically. What has driven you to do that? Why do you do that? Uh, you know, from central health board, to chair of the board, uh, you know, and all the other things that you've done. Uh, what what motivates you? Why do you do it? Well, you know, um, our parents were both very, um, very cognizant of giving back to the community, and they, they really preached that to us, and they did it. Yeah. And I think that that's probably where we got um, the, uh, the desire to do mm-hmm. that. But secondly, you know, in the banking business, yeah. uh, community involvement is just uh, 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 it's expected and it's necessary. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, I always, we always talked about in the bank, you know, so goes the community, so goes the bank. Yeah. So the more that you can put into the development and uh, it, within the community, uh, the better off the banks will be, as, as is the case with any other business in the community. Right. So, you know, I think um, it was twofold. I think it was something that was just ingrained in us as young young people, and we witnessed it witnessed it in our parents, and then sort of seeing that the need to do it as a as a part of the bank. Right. Um, what did your parents do? And my father was an yeah. architect. Okay. And my mother was a homeowner, but she did a lot of volunteer work in the community. Yeah. Yeah, that was the way life was when we grew up. You know, mom <laughs> stayed at home and did the community work and. <laughs> tell me, you know, your your brothers are being inducted into the Hall of Fame as well. Did you grow up on Royal Boulevard? Right on Royal Boulevard, right, right down, the down the street from where well, you live. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that, that house had multiple levels, I remember. It's a narrow house. I mean, it's not deep. That's and right. uh, it's just the three boys with only kids with the three boys. The three boys, exactly right. Because we uh, we. I'm sure we didn't have room enough anymore, <laughs> and I'm sure that my parents didn't want any more yeah. after, after dealing with the three of us. Who came along first? Uh, the older brother is Ebo. Ebo, and then who was next? Me you and then, and then Stuart. Stuart, yeah. And uh, how many years apart are you, couple? Uh, well, I'm about uh, six years old, uh, younger than, than Ebo and Stuart's uh, 
three or four years yeah. younger than that. Tell me what it was like growing up with three boys on Royal Boulevard. <laughs> tell, tell me well, all the I, mischief I, that you Well, can. I'll tell you. You know, it was a, it was, a, it was. I think a typical neighborhood at the time. Uh-huh. You know, we all uh, there were other, a lot of other uh, young people in the neighborhood, our age or thereabouts, and there was always something going on. You know, it was a lot of sandlot football and sandlot baseball, and uh, you know, summer nights were on the street playing kick the can or whatever it was, and uh, you know, it was just a really a wholesome, wholesome kind of time. Um, I guess in terms of uh, between uh, the three of us. Um, Stuart was younger, and so he really, I, I, I sort of uh, interacted with Ebo's, some of Ebo's friends. I may have played sports with some of Ebo's crowd yeah. at, at some point. But uh, Stuart was sort of on the tail end, and, you know, we didn't really do a whole lot with Stuart. (laughs) (laughs) He he just came along after you guys. Exactly. He was a classic older child, middle child. Were you the peacemaker? I don't know. Well, Stuart and I really never had any issues. Ebo and I had some issues sometimes. I mean, he was was a little bit of a bully sometimes, Uh and and I got the short end of the stick most of the time. (laughs) So, so you, how would you characterize your brothers other than what you've said? Anything else, any way you like to characterize? Because all of you have been very active, to, obviously, to be inducted to the Hall of Fame. I mean, you've all made a big difference here in Lynchburg. So, Well, you know, I mean, I, I would just characterize sort of like myself is people that are into, people that are interested in the community, want to give back, and, and doing it in ways that make us happy and hopefully make some sort of contribution to the community. How do you think Lynchburg has changed from those days on Royal Boulevard to today? Oh, Lord. Um, you know, I think um, obviously it's um, prior, well, even prior to our time, our, our, uh, being our age, uh, we were probably a two or three industry town. Uh-huh. And uh, as we came along, we had growth in other industry so there was a diversification of industry and businesses in the in the community, um, and that in that meant um, new people into the into the community, and um, you know I th- I think it was, and and some some growth it was not as fast as it as maybe some of us would, in in the business community right. would have liked, mm-hmm. but I think it was great because I think sometimes too fast creates problems. And I think I think I think the Lynchburg area has grown at a at a decent rate that has made it e- a little easier to solve problems that do arise. Did you think you'd ever see downtown change the way it did? No, I didn't. I do not. I think it's one of the most fantastic things that's happened in this community. Um, I know at at one point uh, the, there was an organization called Central Lynchburg Incorporated which was there to, to promote downtown Lynchburg. And it went through it, all, all, all kinds of, 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 uh, of movement in, ter- in terms of uh, how, how do you deal with the movement of businesses out of, out of downtown yeah. into the shopping centers? How do you attract business back into downtown? Can you do that, et cetera, et cetera? Uh, what's happening now is just absolutely remarkable. Remarkable when we think about you know in those days, 
Nobody lived downtown. Right. Yeah. Nobody lived downtown. Mm-hmm. We worked downtown, and we got in the car and went home. Mm-hmm. And um, even in the, the early glory days of downtown, it was you just worked downtown. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. I mean, very well. Way back, people did, but I mean, uh, for years and years and years, everybody, you know, you lived, you didn't work down, you didn't live downtown. Mm-hmm. And I think that what's happening now is just remarkable yeah. to see what's going on in the the renovation and reuse of the, all these buildings and mm-hmm. attracting people to live down here. And you've got all types of, uh, of uh, it, it used to be if you wanted to eat some eat somewhere other than home, you went, you certainly didn't come downtown. Yeah. And now that's what everybody does Yeah, because you've got wonderful restaurants and uh, it, it's just in with the, with the Academy of Music, those kinds of things. I mean, downtown Lynchburg is vibrant. Yeah. What do you think was the tipping point that made that happen? What was it? What I'm sure it's a combination of things, but what two or three things do you think were key for that? Well, I think there was a, there there is relate. I think the academy was had had a role in that, mm-hmm. um, and I think um, the city's commitment to helping fund some of the activities, some of the buildings, and some of what was going on downtown. I think the city's commitment early on was probably maybe the beginning of that. Yeah. And then I think when the private sector saw um, what the city was willing to commit to do, and the, the, the private sector then said, well, you know, if this is going to happen, maybe there's Right. Maybe there's some potential for for profit and for growth, et cetera, et cetera. And so um, I think the 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 academy was a big part of the upper end of Maine, the renovation and sort right. of the start of what's going on in the upper end of mm-hmm. of of uh, Main Street. But I really think the city is was the city's involvement is probably what uh, um, started it. And then the private sector was Craddock Terry. Exactly. So if you look at one end of town and the other end of town, supported by the middle of town. Exactly. So it's a very balanced approach. Yeah. Um, Of all the things you've done, what are you most proud of? (laughs) Raising a family. Yeah. (laughs) Tell me about your family. (laughs) Well, I've got got, uh, four daughters and uh, ten grandchildren and two great-grandchildren. I'd say... You know that raising a good family is yeah. is probably the the highlight of my life. Don't um, they still live around here somewhere uh, close yeah, by? Or yeah, I've most got, of them. Well, I've got uh, uh, my one of my girls has uh, three of her her children living here, so yeah. I've got three grandchildren living here, yeah. and one of those has um, um, uh, two great grandchildren okay. for us. So yes, we've got some living here, and yeah. uh, which is great. I hope I make it to great grandchildren. I got six grandchildren now. So <laughs> I remember I told you once. I think your one of your grandchildren said the person they must admire in their life was you. I said I hope I get one of my grandchildren. Say that one day. You well, remember that? Yeah, well, I, you know that is a nice yeah. thing for them to say, and they maybe they just want to stay in the wheel. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, the last couple of things I want to ask you is, is a little bit more about you is um, is thinking about someone you admire. If you could invite anybody to dinner, and you, who would that be, and what would you talk about, and what would you fix them? 
<laughs> Anybody you thought of that you would like to? People say alive or dead, and I'm going to say alive, you know. Well, you know, I tell you, a guy that um, a guy that has really impressed me because I think he's such a people person mm-hmm. is Arnold Palmer. Yeah. I think the guy is, uh, you know, he's obviously a, a great athlete. Yeah. And certainly I appreciate that. Um, but I think he's such a people person. He's the kind of guy who you feel like that you could walk up to and he'd talk to you. Yeah. And we, uh, Ann and I had an occasion to do that uh, at a golf tournament one time. We went over and, and he was sitting in a golf cart. Yeah. And we ended up uh, just chatting with him for a few minutes and he signed, you know, he signed a hat for me and mm. all that. But the guy, I think, and he's not only a great golfer, right. he's a great businessman. Look what he did with his oh, businesses. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I think it would be great to be able to sit down with him. And uh, I don't know. I, I, one thing I would serve him would be an Arnold Palmer. <laughs> <laughs> half lemonade, half, half iced tea. Half lemonade, half iced tea. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, in terms of what we talk about, you know, I, th- I would love to know more about his business yeah. and his approach to business. Yeah. It, it, a little bit of, before I leave you, is there any major challenge you've had to overcome that you, that, uh, you think, if you look at along the way, man, this is the one big thing I really had to overcome and, and that helped set me for the future? You know, I, I, I'm really, I'm not, I can't, Nothing personal that that comes to mind. Right. Um, the uh, I, I would say in terms of my life in the community, one of the biggest challenges um, was the creation of the uh, Region Two Thousand. Yeah, which um, uh, took a lot of effort on the part of a lot of people. Yeah, and um, Jack Eckert and I. Um, one day, I, I guess sort of the beginning of that whole thing was started over lunch with Jack Eckert and myself mm-hmm. talking about unemployment, the huge unemployment. I think unemployment at the time was 12 or 14% and in, in the community. Right, yeah. And uh, we got to talking about it, and it led to the, uh, ultimately to the creation of Virginia's Region 2000. And that was a real challenging thing for the whole community. Yeah, and um, but I think I think it's it certainly has paid off. Hmm. Well, what do you love about Lynchburg? You know, I love it here. What's so special about it? Um, well, first of all, um, I I love the fact that so many of our young people leave and come back. Hmm. You know, they go to school somewhere, but they come back, and I think they come back because of the quality of life. Right. And the quality of life is absolutely fantastic, as far as I'm concerned. Um, you know, you've got, you've got, if you're an outdoorsy person, you've got, you can get to the ocean in two and a half or three hours. You can mm-hmm. get to the mountains in 30 minutes. Yeah. You can hike, you can swim, you can fish, you can do all kinds of outside activities. There's also the opportunity because I think the community has always taken care of its people, the opportunity to, to serve the community. Right. There are all kinds of opportunities to do that. So, you know, I think the quality of life issue is the thing that that most appeals to me. Well, for me, it's the people here, and you're one of the people, and you're one of the reasons I came here. So thanks for letting me talk to you today and sharing your family life. Been a pleasure. Go ahead. It's been a pleasure, and thank you for having me. And I look forward to see what your brothers have to say about you. (laughs) Thanks, Roger. Thank you.